together. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious. Nor did I turn away. Amen. Praise the Lord. The Word of God has a way of changing our lives and can transform our lives if we allow the Word to take full control. Every time you hear the Word of God, God is doing something in your life that you may not even be aware of. Jesus said you are clean because of the words that I've spoken to you. The disciples didn't realize they were being cleansed because they were hearing the word of God. Peter didn't know it, but Jesus pronounced it. Every time you are under the word and you're hearing the word, God's doing something in your life. And you have to believe it to see it. You have to accept that every time you hear the word of God, God is doing something in your life. Everything that is recorded in the word, the word of God is God on paper, as you read. God and his word are one and the same. So every time you imbibe the word of God, every time you assimilate the word of God, every time you take the word of God into your heart, Guess what you're taking into your heart? You're taking God into your heart and that same power is in his word and that word will transform your life. But the word of God is given to us and many of the things that we see, especially in the Old Testament and also in the New, they are for our examples to tell us or to teach us principles in the way of the Lord. The way of the Lord, that's all we need to know, to know what God wants and how to walk in his way. way. So I'll continue with my message. It started, uh, I think, about a couple of weeks ago. The blessedness of obedience. The blessedness of obedience. In Job chapter 36, verse 11 and 12 says, If they obey and serve him, and I'm reading from the New Century Version, if they, that's conditional, you can choose not to. You can choose to obey God. That's really up to you. In this world, you got two families of people. There are those who will stick with the word of God, and there are those who will not stick to the word of God. Sometimes you have a family unit where one person wants to do what God wants, and the other person doesn't want to do. So it's, all, it's an individual race. So the thing is so conditional. If they obey, that is, if you obey, they, an individual as well, if they obey and serve him. Notice, it's obey and serve God. Not just obedience, but you're serving as well. If they obey and serve the Lord, the rest of their lives will be successful. That doesn't mean you're going to be a millionaire, but your life will be successful. In other words, you will leave a mark on the earth. You will leave a mark upon your children. Their lives will be successful. People will see what God's doing through you. And the rest of their years will be happy. There's so many people that have money, but they're not happy. They, don't, they never feel like they have enough. It's never enough. But then you can go into a home where Jesus is taking his rightful place. And there is joy in the home. Their needs are met. 
And God's taking care of them. Because they are trusting in God and God will never fail them. Needs will come, but God will always be there. And God will keep them in His grace. But then it says in verse 12, but if they do not listen, that is, if they decide not to obey God. So listen means God speaking and He's expecting you to act on His word. And if, you, if they decide not to listen, they will die by the sword. In other words, the problems of life. There's many of us who will never be in battle fighting with a gun or sword or whatever, but they will die by the sword. That means in our lives as people, we're constantly in battle. It's like something is trying to take us down. You have to fight constantly. You win one battle, another battle shows up. We're constantly fighting. It's like the enemy is choosing to kill you. Not people, (laughs) the enemy is trying to kill you. Bringing all kinds of issues. Sickness, pain, financial troubles, all kinds of things just to knock you down. That's the world we're living. But if you're obeying God, you have a shield against those things. They'll come at you, but you have a shield against them. It says, if they do not listen... They will die by the sword. Those things that are coming against you will destroy you. Destroy your finances. Destroy whatever that the enemy is coming against you for. And they will die without knowing why. That's the point that is really painful. I have noticed something. For me, I don't know if it's the scientist in me, but I like to observe. But I'm not even aware that I'm observing. (laughs) That's just the way it is. I observe things to draw out principles. I watch sometimes, I watch families to see what's going on here. How things are happening. You hear this story and I watch this situation here and another situation there. And after a while, I'm able to connect to get a principle. Principles, God's ways. That never fail. It's his ways. The way God does his things. You go against it, you pay a price. Principles like law, it never fails. The law of gravity will never fail. It's always there. If you want to beat that law, you got to do something. And so there are natural laws and there are spiritual laws. The spiritual laws, those are the ways of the Lord. You follow them and they make you. You go against them and they destroy your life. So we need to understand that all we need to do is find out the ways of the Lord. And we learn by what we've read in the scriptures, what we see happening to the saints of old, when they obeyed, what happened to them, and when they disobeyed, what happened to them. That's what we need to do. I need to let you know that God has a serious price on immediate obedience. For some reason, God loves it. When there is a delayed obedience, that's good. God will accept that also. (laughs) But an immediate obedience is God truly loves it. Sometimes when you delay, (laughs) that's when you allow the enemy to come in. And to convince you against it. Because sense knowledge will then come into it and you begin to reason. And we're not talking about just obedience. It's called the obedience of faith. Because it would not make sense to obey. doesn't make sense. Everything in the natural says you are stupid if you do this. 
That's the way it is. He's called the obedience of faith. <laughs> Take your son and go up and kill him on the altar. Most of us will say the devil has spoken. That's exactly what we do. But an Im- immediate obedience. Abraham learned that listening and discussing the matter with his wife uh, in this matter when God has spoken, uh, it's not going to work. He tried it with the son, right? So there is no discussion in this matter. I know God's the one speaking and I am going to obey. That was Abraham's life. He loved to obey. God said leave and immediately he was gone from his family. And God wasn't showing him exactly where to go. He went by faith. Abandoning his family. So he became a blessing to the world. And the children of faith are called children of Abraham. Forever. Children of Abraham. Because there was an immediate obedience. And you saw that with Isaac. Taking Isaac up. No question asked. He wasn't discussing with anybody. Because he knew what they'll say. It's an obedience of faith. His wife will probably call him crazy. The servants will say he's really old now and he's not thinking straight. But he obeyed God. That instant obedience. You see, all, see that all in, the, all in the Old Testament. When God spoke to Noah, he's in Hebrew chapter 11 says, he was moved with fear. It had never rained. There was no word like rain. The cloud came on the surface of the earth. And what had the ground? Now, here was somebody talking about rain and flood. Everybody's going to die. And you know how long it took him? A hundred years. But it was an instant obedience. And he stayed with it. He stayed with it. I can think about people coming out and say, that crazy man, he started again. He's building that stupid whatever he calls it. Every day, for one, about a hundred years. He was building that. But the Bible says when he heard, he was moved with fear. A holy fear. And he started building an ark for a flood that no one has ever seen. And with that, the Bible said he condemned the rest of the world and saved his family because of obedience of faith. Notice what he had to do was against reason. Didn't make any sense. But he heard from God. And he obeyed. This is the way God is. And in the, Old, in the New Testament it's the same way. Many times God will tell you to do something that doesn't make sense. You need to obey. You need to know that this is God's, well, especially when it doesn't make sense. And that thing flows through your head or through your heart. They know this is God. But most of us will resist. And sense knowledge comes in and we're reasoning, well, that doesn't make sense. If I do this, what's going to happen to me here now? God knew about, it, knew about everything before he spoke to you. Go lay your hands on that person and pray. Don't make sense. But God knows what he's doing. I would rather miss it and be a, a fool than to miss a blessing that God has slated for me because of fear and embarrassment. I would rather obey. And you know something? Once God has found you to be the one that will do whatever he wants done, he blesses you. 
He knows he has found a friend. When you obey and you have that in your heart, God's found a friend. He found a friend in Abraham. And God would not do anything without telling his friend Abraham. He said, shall we hide what we are doing from this guy? He is not one of us. He's a friend. Amen? We got to tell him we are about to destroy Sodom. God says, we can't hide this from him. You know him, he's going, to obey, he's, he's going to follow and teach his children to follow the principles. That's what it takes. We have to obey God from the heart. No hesitation. The Bible tells us in the New Testament, he who puts his hand on the plow and looks back, is not fit for the kingdom. Why? Because what God wants is instant obedience. Listening to God and making preparation, even if you can't do it at that same time, but you are making preparation to obey. That's instant. Doesn't mean you have to do it instantly, but you prepare your heart, and because some, some of these things require preparation. If God calls you to go to Africa, I don't think you just walk up to the uh, United and say, God called me to go to Africa, let me get in the plane. You got to buy your ticket, okay? <laughs> But you prepare to obey. And God just loves obedience. We must not always reason, I mean, listen to reason, especially when it comes to God. You remember the story of Isaac? Genesis 26. Isaac, in his mind, when there is famine, that's what my father taught me. When there is famine, I go to Egypt. You remember the story? That's where to go. So there was famine, like the famine that was in his father's day, Abraham's day. And guess what he thought to do? To go to Egypt. But then God came and said, not this time, you stay there. Stay where you are. My mind is telling me the right place to go, the place of safety with this farming is to go to Egypt. But God said, no, stay where you are. But not only stay, make sure you sow, plant something when there is farming. And the guy said, yes, that's exactly what I do. And he, he, he sowed when it didn't make sense to plant. Isaac, what you doing? You're planting and you're not aware of the farming. It's not raining. God says to plant. Amen. The doctor, your bank account, may tell you the facts. But the truth. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Simple as that. The economy may be upside down. But the word of God is saying... The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So you're not afraid. You're not afraid. Because fear is an opening for the enemy to come in. You can be afraid. I always say this here. You can be afraid inside, but don't express it. We're humans. I fear you fear. When something negative comes, there is the fear. You can think it. Don't give birth to it by saying it. Because once your words contradict what the scripture says, you have agreed with the enemy. 
your words must never contradict scripture. So God won't say it like he said in Malachi, your words are stout against me. Because you're saying it's nonsense to pay tithe. God doesn't respond. What's use is it worshipping God? That's what they were saying. And God said, your words are stout against me. In other words, what you're saying, they are against me. They thought they were just expressing what was normal, what they were experiencing. But God said, no, God has spoken differently. We listen to him. Let God be true and every man a liar. Even your feelings are lie. If you contradict God's word. That's what, how we must go with God. So obedience to God is very, very important. But then I want to turn to the other side of the coin. Disobedience to the word of God, even if you have a good reason not to, is very dangerous. It's very dangerous. When God has said something explicitly for you to do, is giving you a simple command. If you decide not to do it, uh, you are entering into a zone of danger. A dangerous zone. Because nobody can tell what's going to happen, how that story is going to end. That's the fear of it. Even if, if you obey, but you, don't, you didn't obey all the way, might change your destiny. Go talk to King Saul. King Saul obeyed God. When God said, go destroy the Amalekites, he gathered the army together. It was instant, right? It was an instant obedience. He went, but he allowed reason to take over what God commanded. He, he thought it, the people say, expressed the same thing. You just destroying all these animals? We're can't give this stuff to God. I mean, we need animals for sacrifices. Remember, Saul, we sacrifice to God all the time. And we're wasting these animals. Just let the good ones, we can destroy the bad ones. But these ones that are looking really good, well, let's, God will like it. But God said, destroy all of them. We walk by faith, not by our feelings. And they decided what was right. They were not going to do exactly what God said. They did. They obeyed, but went halfway. And to God, halfway obedience is no obedience. And you know, Saul destroyed his destiny because of that one thing. Just that one thing. Everything was gone. After that, remember what the Spirit of God, the Bible says, the anointing left him. And an evil spirit replaced it. Halfway obedience. And then the next thing that you see with Saul, his heart was hardened. His heart was hardened. When you read in First Samuel chapter 15, you are frightened by what's coming out of him. Samuel was telling him, look, you've done wrong. He says, look, he says back to Samuel, I obeyed God. He was arguing with Samuel, who told him what God had said. He said, I, I did what God said. We just, that's what we hear. I obeyed God, we just, we use our senses in this. I mean, we use our right mind about this. I mean, this doesn't make sense. Why would God say this? 
Hello? <laughs> How would God say this? So we use our right mind, what we think is right. This is a waste. I will be God. All that we did was, we just saved these animals for God. Maybe God wasn't thinking very much about these animals when he gave that commandment. But God said, no. That was disobedience. And Samuel pronounced, and he was about to go, and he held his garment. You know the story. And the garment tore, and then he said, God's taking the kingdom from you. And give it to somebody more worthy who's going to listen. And one uh, who, who has a heart that's after God. In other words, who will listen to God. But Samuel was, uh, Saul was concerned about one thing. That's when you know his heart was already hardened. He said, honor me now before the people. He's telling the prophet that anointed him. I want honor from you. Because if you turn your back, they will turn their back on me. You honor me. And go with me for my worship. Even though I've wronged God, I am the king. You follow me, honor me before the people. You see, that's where the hardness of heart came. When you disobey, it leads to hardness of heart. And when your heart is, uh, uh, becomes hard, before you know it, you are in full-blown rebellion against God. That's what we have to watch. That's my prayer. God, please. I mean, I'm not perfect. So when I've done something that's wrong, God, please bring me back home. Amen? Help me not to go all the way. And David recognized that. Remember, you can read Psalm 51. David recognized what disobedience did to Saul. And notice it was the same, another prophet, Nathan, that said, you are the man. And David said, I have sinned. He never threatened the fellow, let the prophet go. He went fasting and praying to God. That was the difference. I have sinned. And he said, you know, God, I want you to purge me. He was so, he was feeling so bad. He said to God, read Psalm 51. Allow the bones that you have broken to rejoice again. He was hurting because he had sinned against God. Saul didn't hurt. Saul didn't. That's the danger about it. Your heart gets to be hardened if you don't pay attention to it. And God will allow you and let you go. Hopefully, Something will happen. Maybe a preacher, somebody prays for you that will help you to get to a place where you can actually acknowledge this thing about this spiritual life. Pastor Solomon and I, we've been discussing a lot. I didn't realize uh, until I became a, a pastor what Christians will allow and do and not even feel bad. It's a shocking thing to me. And so these days, when I use the word, when I say we are not running a group race, this is serious business for me. It's really serious business for me. I don't believe I'm going to get to heaven because I was a pastor at the Ark Fellowship. It's not going to work that way. I've got to live right for God. I've got to obey Him. I've got to take time out seeking His face because I know I don't have what it takes to be a Christian. If he doesn't walk through me, how am I going to be a Christian without him? How can I be a Christian without the Holy Spirit? So I know to call upon him for help. It's not to feel like I'm better than the rest. No, I'm surviving. I'd like to go ahead. I want to get there. 
That's what Paul said. He wants to hold on to this thing that's held on to him. In some people, you see Christians as if they just feel like, I go to church, I'm going to go. It's no big deal. And the people do things that are not acceptable. And I'm wondering, what's really going on here? <laughs> Pastor Solomon and I have been talking a lot, which is funny. It's like they are converted, but when they, they are not converted to the extent of... Solomon says that a lot. When it comes to their money. <laughs> that part is not converted. <laughs> He's not converted. And it's frightening to see. A business that Christians do. Hurt people just like the unbelievers. And don't feel a thing about it. That's frightening to me. I don't judge anybody. When I say things like that, I'm saying, God, please help me. I don't know how they got there, but I don't want to be there. I want to feel bad when I've done something wrong so I can ask God for mercy. I can't be saved since 1975, almost 40 years, and then turn around and start acting silly. That's crazy. This thing is serious for me. If, the way it is for me, if it's sin, I'll go all the way. I will die. If it's Christianity, let's go all the way. Elijah said, why are you standing between two opinions? Remember that? If God is God, then serve him. If you want to serve the world, go after it. Don't go halfway. Jesus doesn't want lukewarm. He would rather have you on this side, cold as ice. Oh, you are hot. Lukewarm, you make him sick. That's the way I look at it. We tolerate whatever Christians want to do, but always watch for your own life. This is serious business. It's an individual thing. Watch, for those of us here, watch out for your own life. When you read scriptures where Jesus said, not everyone who says to me, that means they've called him Lord, Lord, remember? And not all of those who enter. I'm telling God, that's a prayer point for me. God, please don't let me be in that number. You know this, this song, when the saints go marching in? <laughs> Lord, I want to be in that number. <laughs> I want to be with those guys marching in. That's very important. And we must take this thing seriously. Look, Solomon and we talk about life is so short. What are you looking for? How much can you gather? Life's so short. We must do everything we can to serve God. But you don't serve God in vain. He's going to reward you. It's impossible to serve God in vain. God says, I didn't tell the sons of Jacob to serve the Lord in vain. You serve God and you do it His way. He's going to bless you. He's going to take care of you. And what excites me today is that God has promised He will bless you and bless your children to the tenth generation if Jesus tarries. To the tenth generation. That's a motivating thing for me. It's not about me, but those coming after me so that they also can be blessed and can continue with this thing so we all can be in the Father's kingdom when it's all over here. That's the important thing here. This is what the scripture says. First Samuel 
chapter 15, verse 22 to 26. So Simon said, As the Lord has great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord, what does that say? God delights when you make a sacrifice. But what really turns him on is your obedience. He likes that more than the sacrifices you make. I've seen Christians. I mean, it's easy for them to do charitable work. Hello? Charitable work. They're willing to gather all these things and give and all of that. But the same person, they don't want to give to God. How'd you compute that? How'd you put that together? You can't judge anybody's heart. Are you doing all this charitable work so people can see? Only God knows. That's the frightening thing. There's a dichotomy there. Why can you do all of these things? So they make sacrifices when they think there is a But God wants you to obey Him according to the Word. He wants you to be faithful in your obedience. Not when it's time to make a sacrifice. That's not when He wants you to go steady with Him, constant, so He can predict you. He knows where you're going. Just like He said of Abraham. But this up and down thing, God doesn't want it. He make a vow to God. God, now, if you bless me, then I will do this for you. I mean, you prayed that prayer before. You all put your hand up when your voice have done that. <laughs> oh, yes. God, I'm telling you, if you bless me, you get me out of this situation. I'm telling you, I will start paying my tithe now. God, I'm telling you, I'm going to give to missions. But as soon as God puts it in your hand, you go, uh, yeah, uh, yes. <laughs> you make a big donation, right? And then after the big donation, you start thinking, boy, this this tight thing is very hard. <laughs> You've forgotten that you made a promise to God. He will never forget. So we must always, to obey is better. He says, God has more delight in obedience. Come, be blessed in the kingdom, he says, you good and faithful servant. The faithfulness is what gets God. Not the ups and downs, not the sacrifices. I'm going to fast now. Well, you haven't been fasting before. That's not part of your life. But now you got trouble because of your disobedient life. God will accept it, but He's hoping that you will change your ways and do right. That's the issue here. To obey, it says, it tells us in the Word of God, Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed... In other words, to do what God says than the fact of rams. So doing all of that thing that is really good in the eyes of men and, and God as well. God likes that, but he wants you just to listen. To do what he wants you to do. Then he says, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. That's rebellion, that's the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness. Is as iniquity as idolatry. And it tells you why. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he also has rejected you from being king. 
So every time you reject God's word, that part of God's word also rejects you. That's what it is. When you don't obey God's word, mean basically you reject the Lord, God himself will reject. Remember what it says in Romans chapter 1? Because they, they, they knew God, but did not honor him as God. And were not thankful. What did God do? He gave them over. He rejected them. They knew his word, but they won't follow. So God turned them over to a reprobate mind. To do things that are not convenient. So that's a principle in God's word. When you reject, you're rejected. That's the way it is. So we need to obey at all times. Because disobedience does harden our heart. Hebrews 4 verse 7 against Again, he designated a certain day, saying in David, Today, after such a long time, as it has been said, Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your heart. So who has the responsibility of hardening the heart? We do. How do you do that? I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. It reminds me of a story. It's a kind of funny story. But uh, this particular kind of church, and they didn't believe certain things in the scriptures. And uh, there was a lady in that church that uh, really was into what they didn't believe, whether it was in, in scriptures or not. She didn't care. And pastor had invited somebody that she believed and thought that actually believed against what the church believed. And so she came on that Sunday morning ready for this man and the guy said let's turn to this scripture and he turned to the scripture and started reading the scripture and she stood at the back said sir we don't believe that in this church we don't believe that you heretic we don't believe that he said ma'am 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 i'm just reading the scripture i don't care what you're doing because she's made up her mind she's not going to receive that word we cannot do that. We must always open our heart to God's word. And must always listen. So that God can touch our hearts and uh, bless us. Um, all through yesterday, today, I was just sharing with Solomon. There are certain things that I see in scripture. And uh, I focus on it. I was telling uh, Pastor Solomon this afternoon. I'm not doing it because of preaching. I'm doing it for myself. I'm looking at this thing very seriously. He saw me going into the same thing over and over. And uh, he thought, what are you going to do with that? I said, it's just me. I'm looking at this thing so carefully. I'm really concerned about uh, these children of uh, Eli, Ophine and Phineas. Their story is very frightening. <laughs> Especially if you are a pastor. Because <laughs> they were priests. That's a frightening story. And you can see how the disobedience of one person can cause a whole nation to suffer. One person. The disobedience of one person in the church can really hold back. That's what I'm beginning to believe. One person can hold the church back. And it may not be the pastor, but it could be the pastor. It's very frightening. One person. 
And, and then I started realizing that this thing is all over Scripture from the beginning. From Achan all the way down. Just one person can cause the people of God a whole lot of trouble. The 12 spies, the 10 of them, they caused the death of almost a whole generation of people. Just, just 10 of them. Their attitude, just 10 of them, destroyed the whole generation of people. This thing is frightening. Disobedience can cost a whole lot. And then when I look at the sons of, uh, of Eli, that's pretty frightening there. You begin to wonder what happened here. These were sons of Aaron, right? From that lineage, in the house of God, they were doing crazy things. And I'm wondering, how, how long did God tolerate this? That was before Samuel was born. And then Samuel started growing up in the house. And God was still, you can look at the story of Eli, that's why, and whatever God does through a minister, that's just a person. I don't, nobody's big in my eyes. I love them. They're my brothers, Aura Roberts, all of them. I, I just want to find out how they got where they got to. But I know this is just another brother. Give me the secrets that put you where you are. That's all I want to know. I'm not going to look. Oh, I'm in the presence of Horror Roberts now. That's another brother. I want to know what he knows. That's what I want. Because God was still using Eli. I mean, Eli was the one that told Hannah, remember? Go thy way. The Lord grants your request. And she became pregnant. Right? <laughs> A backsliding priest. Giving the word of the Lord and God following through. It's not about the preacher. It's not about me. God heals. has nothing to do with me. He's just blessing his people. It's like the donkey that Jesus rode around. If he was saying, ah, I'm so popular now. Everybody's running out to put their garments on the floor for me to walk through. They're not coming from you. For you, they're coming from the one who is sitting on you. Hello. So preachers realize that. Pastor Andy, we're all like that. <laughs> all of us. It's not about us. So I finally realized what God prizes is obedience. It has nothing to do with the preacher. Don't even think it. You're just a donkey, no kidding. <laughs> That's, the master is riding you. That's why you're important. If he gets off you, you're nothing but just a donkey. donkey. <laughs> okay? So put it in perspective, okay? And stay. But God was still using them. Even though he was not happy with them. That's the danger. Because people think, because nothing is happening to me and God's still doing something, then I'm okay. No, he's not. You're not. My point is, if there's something that you know that is wrong, ask God for mercy and grace to move away from it. Because if you don't, that thing will destroy you. And the Bible says, suddenly will be destroyed and without remedy. Suddenly. Because God will be gracious only for a while. 
He said of the children, uh, the sons of Eli, is their father warned them. And he said, what is this? He was an old man. He said, I'm hearing a lot of things about you. You're sleeping with the women around the temple. And you're doing all this crazy stuff. Stealing from God's money. And Pastor Solomon said, there are people still stealing from the, from the offering today. He's telling me about this. His, his experience in Nigeria. People stealing from God's offering. <laughs> That's an amazing thing. But would anyone want to do that? Haven't you read the story of Ophine and Phineas? You're going to die. <laughs> you don't want to do something like that. But there are people still doing it in the church, according to what he was telling me, his experience. Right in the church. They're doing that. So there's nothing new under the sun, okay? <laughs> Just do what's right so that God will bless you. I want to see Jesus with no concern or fear. Oh, Jesus is coming. I don't want to have that. I want to be in his presence in peace. But those, those kids, he said, their father warned them. What are you doing? <coughs> Excuse me. And he said, if you sin against man, it's between men, another one will intercede for you. But when you sin against God, who is going to pray for you? Who is going to intercede for you? But the scripture says, they didn't listen to their father. You know why? Because God had already decided in his heart, I'm going to kill them. That's why they didn't listen. God got tired, I'll kill them. And then when he found a friend in Samuel, he went to tell Samuel about it. While Eli was in the next room. They tell him, I'm going to kill them all in one day. (laughs) I'll kill them all in one day. And that's exactly what he did. And, And the frightening thing is, when God, God was so angry about what they were doing, that God said, I'm going to even, just to let you know how mad I am, I'm going to let the devil come inside the church. Remember that? He said he was going to let the, you, well, you know about it, they took the ark, remember? And took into the land of Philistines. That's never happened. They looked into the ark and nobody died. The children of Israel, if they look into it, guess what happens? They get killed. And these people carried the ark and took it away. God was so mad, he let everything go, including the ark. Because of those boys' rebellion. That's why that story is so frightening to me. But why was it recorded? It's to let us know, don't go that path. Don't go that path. Because you really hurt yourself. So many people died because of those, pe- those two boys. So many people. In that battle, a lot of people died. This, so this guy ran back telling Eli, there's been a great slaughter. Innocent people died. That's why we must... Con- Are they going to be judged by what happened to those? Oh, yes. That's transferred from this life to the other. Their activities cut short the lives of these other guys that had nothing to do with it. Probably people who were trying to please God, trying to do their best. It's a frightening thing. In the church, the Bible tells us we are all connected. We belong to the same body. Maybe you are the hand. Maybe you are the brain behind it. Or 
the leg. We are all one. If one suffers, the whole body suffers. When one is doing wrong, guess what is happening to the rest of the body? That's why I've always in my prayer, God, keep all of us united with one heart in obedience. When we get to that place, you watch what God's going to be doing here among us. But Satan knows he's to divide and conquer. The one is going this way, the other one is going this way. One wants to do this, the other one wants to do that. That's what he wants. But when we're walking together and we want to accomplish God's will, nothing can stop us. And I'm going to close with this scripture here. They were building the tower. Remember that story? They were building the tower. And God didn't have the power to stop them. That's, that's an amazing thing. God couldn't stop them. He says, this thing that they've determined to do, because they have one language and they have one mind, nobody can stop them. So when you keep blaming the devil, you're just glorifying him. He can stop you. You can stop you. God said no one can stop them. So how did he stop them? Divide and conquer, right? God gave them different languages. This guy says, bring, the, bring the, that stone so I can put it up here. But he spoke in Chinese and the other guy spoke back in English. What did you say? Are you okay? <laughs> he said, talk to me right. What are you talking? Your language. And then everybody got mad and went their ways, okay? That's the way I picture it in my mind. <laughs> and they couldn't cooperate. So we need to work together. And let God bless us. One thing can affect the whole body. So we pray for everyone that God will bless everyone and help everyone. Stand up with me tonight. It's already time. Um, Matthew 7, 7 says, Ask and it shall be given you. Seek you will find. Nor can the door will be open to you. And then it says, Everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who asks, receives. This is the scripture I base my prayer on. God, I'm going to ask. Because everyone who asks, receives. No one is excluded. Unless you want to exclude yourself. He says, ask and it shall be given to you. Then he gives you the principle behind it. For... That's the principle. For everyone who asks, receives. That's the principle. If you ask, you're going to receive. That's the way the law, the spiritual law, governing our universe, that's how it works. If you ask, you receive. If you don't ask, you won't receive. And James tells us you don't have because you don't ask. You didn't ask. So tonight, the most important thing is God Give me a heart of obedience towards you. Hello? That's the best thing. Because every other thing will follow that after that. May God give that. Would you ask that from God tonight? God, give me a heart that wants to follow hard after you. No area of disobedience. And when I step out of line, God, please speak to me. Talk to my heart. Give me no rest until I turn around. And I can follow you. Allow my bones to hurt so that I can make that turn towards you. I can come back home 
like the prodigal. I can come back home and be received by my father. I don't want to go far away from you. I want to be at home constantly with you. My God, that's the desire of my heart. And the scripture says, the desires of a righteous man shall be granted. So if that's your desire, you are a righteous man. And God will grant that today. If that's truly your desire, God will do do it for you. And I'm going to go further. What do you really need from God in the natural realm today? Maybe you're here tonight and there's a need in your life. There's something you want God to do for you. To make life better for you. He is a good father. We sing it. He is a good father. God wants to meet that need. And it must be, God, I want you to bless me because I want to bless your work. I want you to take care of my family because we want to be involved in what you're doing. If you have that today, please, the same scripture that we just read. Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock, the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. And he who seeks finds. And to, whom, who, to the him who knocks, the door will be open. Tonight, that door is going to be open because we ask him. So, what is it that you need from the Lord? Let's ask him tonight. Father, we thank you because you are a great God. You are a faithful God. The word of God says you will not deny yourself. So, God, we ask today, I ask for your people. Lord, that you will bless everyone at the sound of my voice tonight. Bless every single individual. Bless their families in Jesus' name. Meet their needs tonight. According to your word, you cannot lie. So we believe in you and we we rest in you. And on your word we rest. Because you are faithful. Thank you tonight, oh God, we thank you. Thank you. Bless your children. Make them great according to your word. Meet every need for you are a shepherd. Every need. Spiritual need, mental need, physical need. Financial needs. Every need. We ask that you meet tonight. And we want to thank you for your love. Thank you for loving us so much. Holy Spirit, thank you for coming to be the helper in our lives. We're so grateful. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. God bless you. Please have some fellowship with your brother and your sister. And welcome to our visitors. Yes, ma'am. That's okay.